Hey, welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 888-699-9395 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. All right, so my name is Brian Alzate. Welcome to the Hell Has an Exit podcast. We are a podcast that interviews people through all sorts of walks of life, mainly people that have battled addiction. I have my good friend Carrie here, Carrie D. Um, I've known Carrie since about I was in ninth grade, I would say. Just want to say I'm always uh, excited to see you. I don't see you that often. You're one of yeah. my close, close friends. One of the few people that was there when I was using I would say that I had two running partners, people that I use with on a daily basis, day in, day out, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, nonstop, 365, you know, woke up and try to get drugs, and that's you and Jeremy, <laughs> and uh, shout out to Jeremy. <laughs> I am super grateful for you because, you know, a lot of people say that when you're on drugs, you don't really have a lot of friends. I can count numerous times that you helped me out of a lot of jams, came and picked me up on the side of a road many times and i appreciate you glad that we're both here bro i can't say that about a lot of people yeah man i appreciate you too i don't really remember how we met though i mean we had a lot of like, I crazy through, i think it was through butler ryan butler yeah yeah fun times so uh <laughs> just walk me through i guess like before we met um you know what childhood was like growing up and we'll get into you know after i got clean and what those years look yeah. like for you after that uh, well, I had a pretty good childhood. Mom, dad, brother, sister, uh, everyone's real close. At a pretty young age, I would say, I guess if we're talking about addiction, I had a little bit of a kleptomania problem when I was younger. I remember there's this famous story in my family that I was at a like Target or something with my mom when I was younger, and uh, I wanted this troll doll. And uh, she was like, no, you can't have the troll doll. So uh, I was like, all right. And I was might have been like three or four. And then she's putting me in the car seat and she's looking in my pants and coming out of my side of my shorts is there's this like fire orange troll hair coming out of it. And I took it and she's like, she couldn't believe it. She brought me inside and made me return it. And then fast forward a little bit more. I started, uh, I took something from my friend, basketball card. I think it was then I knew that like I, there was just something I was like trying to fill and like, I didn't need any of that stuff. I didn't need the troll. I didn't need the basketball card that I took. And I didn't need the cell phones that I took from other people. But I just liked the feeling of doing something that I shouldn't be doing. It just, mm -hmm. I liked it. You know, we were just talking about Butler. When I met him, you know, we were good friends for a little while. One day I picked him up from work or something. And he's like, look, I got to go pick up some Roxy's. And I was like, all right, like, I'll take you. So well, we let's backtrack a little right. bit more. So uh, on a slower scale, what was it like growing up? when you first started to do like softer drugs and stuff like that? I didn't really do that many softer drugs. I it mean, it was like, boom, we were doing kind of because, you know, I went to a private school for like six years. Then I went to Indian Ridge for a little bit, but I didn't really like smoking weed. Like I had tried it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. I didn't really like it. I, I did used to drink a lot, I guess, but a lot for like a young kid, you know, mm -hmm. it wasn't really that crazy. I did some Xanax here and there at school. I did a little bit of Coke here and there, but Nothing that crazy. So when did you meet uh, RB? RB? <laughs> Probably around, I mean, I met him in middle school. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it was just normal. We used to just go to the gym all the time and, you know, we were just good friends. We used to chill. Mm -hmm. And then I'm not sure what happened. You know, I went to go pick him up from work. We had to go get these blues for him. So we pull up and he- What grade is this? I think I'm 17, mm -hmm. you know, maybe turning 18 soon. It was these two guys, these two, um, there's just two guys in this hotel. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's like, yo, this might be a little bit of a weird vibe in here. Just like, don't worry about it. And I was like, all right, like, cool. We go in there. And so these two dudes in there, they're, I think they're smoking oxys and they're also smoking crack too. And so Brian or Ryan was like, yo, like, do you want to smoke crack too? And because he gave me an oxy for like just trying it out there too. Mm -hmm. So so I did both of those things. That was the first the time, same I, time. Yeah, the same time. Wow. And I had to go sit outside. I remember sitting outside on the balcony and I was just like, oh shit, this is a lot. But I liked it. 
And then it just sort of started picking up from there, I guess. And then I, shortly after, I must have started hanging out with you, but I can't really pinpoint. I know, like, it clicked one day. I remember, like, I had seen you multiple times. Yeah. And, like, I remember I was friends with, like, Jimmy and Chris and all, like, that group. And then, like, you and I just started hanging out. And you were doing blues already. Bro, I remember now. I remember I, I heard your name a bunch of times. And I was like, oh, there's Brian, Brian, Brian. And then so one time me and Ryan were like, we want to try and shoot up. You know, we had a needle mm -hmm. and we we're like, damn, like who the fuck can teach us how to shoot up? You know what I mean? And so <laughs> Brian Butler's like, yo, like Brian Alzate, I think, can do it. And he works at, was that little place on Pine Island? Oh, Vienna, uh, Cafe. Vienna Cafe. Yeah, I remember we rolled up there one time and I'm not sure if you knew what you were talking about, but you were like, <laughs> ah, you just like go in your hand. Like, bro, you were like, must have been like 15 or six. Like you were young. And uh, well, hang on. if you were you 17, might, how old are you now? 32. So you're two years older than me, pretty yeah. much. So yeah, so you're a little younger than me, mm -hmm. and you're just like, oh, you just you're like you just do it in your toes, and I don't think we ever <laughs> even tried it. I don't think anything came of it ever, but I remember that, and I think I don't know. We just started texting back and forth. Yeah, because when I was working over there, I was pretty blown out on uh, Roxy's already. Yeah. Oh, you had started already. Yeah, I was pretty bad already. Yeah. At that time, and I remember I was hanging out with Ryan a lot, and then you and I just started hanging out like yeah. every day after that. Yeah, Ryan might have gotten a little shitty about that shit, you mm -hmm. know. If we just I mean we became like best friends where it was like every single day I wake up I'm like, "Yo, like we got to call Brian, like what's good with mm -hmm. him, you know?" And like we would just figure that shit out like all day, you know? Yeah, it was nuts. I remember um you know, like whether I would come up with, you know, some type of plan or whatever, some type of or I knew somebody, but I just remember yeah. I didn't have a car and you had a car. Yeah. But like I just would know someone that had them yeah. and then you would yeah, Come we pick always me made up, it work. whatever. Was, yeah, we always made it work. It was crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think we ever smoked crack together, but I do know that I was the one who was always like trying to do it. Yeah. Sporadically. Yeah. I went on like a little bit of a crack run for a little while where I did it for probably like eight, nine months. And then I was just like, I like blues better. Like, I'm just going to stick with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I don't, I was already kind of done with it. And yeah, you'd still be like every once in a while. I know you'd you'd be in the car and be like, Yo, you just want to get like a 40? And I'm like, nah, bro, like let's stick to the plan and get blues. Like You remember that uh, one time when um I had robbed uh, that dude over in- Bro, um, I was just Tom thinking Robert. about him today. <laughs> Big Rob? No, Chris. Oh, Chris. Yeah, I yeah. Rob, yeah, Rob, Rob too. I always like wonder if I'm going to run into him one day. Yeah, I don't even know if you'd remember. I was thinking about him too. Um, no, but this is when, um, I had already, I had robbed Chris and you would have to drop me off. And I oh, remember yeah. we went to go cop. Oh yeah, this is a classic story. You want to tell it? <laughs> no, you go ahead and do it. So I remember we were getting off on Broward and you were just like, all right, bro, I'm going to drop you off here. And you like looked at me like, don't do anything crazy. And, uh, this dude on a bicycle came up to me and we're like in the hood of Broward Boulevard in 95. And I remember this dude comes up to me. He's like, yo, you like, what's good? I'm like, not much. What's up? He's like, you want some hard? And I was just like, uh, and I had just given you like $70. Yeah. And I was like, what do you got? I want to see it. And he pulls out this piece from like deep in his underwear. Like it wasn't like it was just sitting in his underwear. Like he looked to his left, he yeah. looked to the right. Then he started just digging some in his under underwear. Sack, yeah, yeah, some under the yeah. sack crack. And bro, he pulled out this piece of crack and it was like about the size of a quarter. Yeah. And I remember I was like, damn, how much for that? Yeah. And I think he said like $30. And I was like, 30 bucks for that? Yeah. And he was like, yeah. And I remember, like, um, the first thing I did instinctively was to smell it and lick it, yeah. you know, to make sure it was real. And I remember I texted you, I'm like, bro, bring me back my money. And yeah. you're like, no, for what? And I'm just like, bro, bring me back my money. I just need some of it. Yeah. And he's like, I'm already getting blues. And I'm just like, nah, bro, I need at least 35 bucks or something. Yeah. And I remember you're like, what the fuck? And then you gave me the money. And um, it was like the saddest day because when I actually got it, he had okie doked me and gave yeah. me like a fake piece. And I remember I was like trying to find something to smoke and you were just looking at me like, bro, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and I remember like my whole active addiction, all I remember is like being in the car with you and you just looking at me like, bro, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm and I so remember, disappointed. yeah, you're like, dude, really? And I remember I was like, I got to find something to smoke. And you were like, no, you can't use that. That's Amanda's. It was like, she had like some weird... Like that thing that you put a cigarette in that's like super long, that Krilla oh, Deville, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Deville, like yeah. the Krilla Deville cigarette long yeah. thing. I like broke it in half. You're like, no, that's Amanda's. And I was just like, I don't give a fuck. And then like I ran into a public, stole some like fake chore boy or whatever and yeah. like threw it in there and I smoked it. 
and you were just looking at me like I was the biggest scumbag. And then you were it, just... It didn't hit, right? No, it was fake. Yeah. And I remember I smoked like every last piece of it. Like I couldn't even imagine. You tried your best. I tried my best, bro. Yeah. And I remember just sitting there like, uh, not sick because I still got some blues, but just feeling like that that total ultimate dirty I feel feeling. Like I remember a little something extra on that. I feel like you tried that thing and I feel like maybe you were just like, nah, it's not working in here. And I think we went and got like a pen. A real crack pipe? Yeah. No, I think it was just a plastic pen because I remember <laughs> you like trying to smoke it. I'm like, bro, that's not going to work. Yeah, I've done it before. Yeah. yeah. I think I ended up smoking out of a pen. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what I would do in school when I would smoke crack. When I used to get crack, I'd use a pen or yeah. something if I couldn't get a crack pipe. Yeah, crack pipes are hard to get. They're not that easy to get, as people think sometimes. I feel like I was in a gas station really recently, and I was like, fuck, this is for crack. They were like, they didn't have a rose in it, but they were like little glass pipes. I forget what the fuck yeah, was in there. Yeah, there's nothing for it. I was just at a gas station the other day, and I posted it on Instagram. You it was it? like a super nice gas station, yeah. and they had them there. <laughs> and I'm just like, bro, what's going on in the world, bro? Like, yeah. what type of world do we live in where they yeah. sell these in nice gas stations? It's crazy. But um, that's usually how it went between us. You know, I just remember, I remember you having it together. You know, I remember you had a job. I yeah. remember you got the new phone. I remember I was so mad at you that you bought like an $800 phone. I was yeah. like, bro, you know how much drugs we could have gotten? You're like, bro, I can't believe you haven't even pawned that phone yet. Like, <laughs> like get your shit together, bro. Like, yeah. go sell it. And I was like, bro, fuck the phone, dude. I still had the flip phone Nokia. I had sold any nice phone I had like totally years prior to that. Yeah. At that point in time when we were using, I remember like you had a girlfriend, you had a job, you had, you know, blues on blues. Yeah. I looked like I had it together on the outside. Super had it together, bro. And I just remember myself being dope sick every three or four days. Yeah. If I did rob a drug dealer and come up on a hundred pills, two days later, I'd be super sick. Yeah. Pawning everything, just looking like a mess. Yeah. You did pick me up when I got jumped. That yeah. was good times. Yeah. I feel like what you said earlier about how when you have like using partners or using friends, they're not like your real friends and they're, you know, mm -hmm. and I feel like that is true with a lot of people, but I feel like, you know, whether or not I feel like drugs are involved, like we would always click whether mm -hmm. it was something else, you know, movies, yeah. music or whatever. Yeah, we were still friends, yeah. you know what I mean? Some people you couldn't even have a conversation yeah. with and you're just like, I don't. I'm only in the car with you because you have right. a car and yeah. we're getting drugs right yeah. now. I fucking hate you. Yeah. You know, you would use with people we you hate. We would just hated. look out for each other. Like you would sometimes get money, I would get money and it would just be like a, a thing. Yeah, we had a symbiotic relationship. I remember this time, um, I, might, I kind of forget the specifics, but we needed to sell some blues, but we had no blues. So we went to, <laughs> <laughs> we had to get off like a 50 pack or some shit. We rolled up to like CVS and we were trying to find something that looked similar and we got something that simply sleeps. Yeah, it was something that was just like look like blue. Kind of in the dark. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think we I drove you to the drop off. You jumped out of the car, you got did your thing, and you're like, yo, we gotta get the fuck out of here now. And mm -hmm. we just bucked it. Yeah, I think uh, we did it a bunch of times. Yeah. You know, that was uh, the move for a little bit. That was bit. the move for a little bit where I, I think I would get like the manila envelopes mm -hmm. and then I would buy simply sleeps. Yeah. And then the, the tiny manila envelopes you couldn't see through you could only look down it yeah so i put like 12 15 roxies in there <laughs> fake roxies uh simply yeah. sleeps and then i would just sell it to people and yeah. then take off with the money that was the lick for a little while that was the lick for a while yeah so a lot of times when i tell people that i lived off robbing people they were like what do you mean like with the gun but it was yeah. like not that hardcore yeah, you know what i mean it was more like <laughs> it's like, like suburban robbing kinda, yeah exactly like, yeah nobody was really about that life around here mm -hmm. pull a gun out on us I think a drug dealer had done it to me, but he never pulled the trigger. Yeah, I mean, the only time that things really got out of hand is when I had to come pick you up, like we were just <laughs> talking about, and we're like, I picked you up, I was like, fuck. Like, yeah, so you like, were a mess, bro, like, <laughs> bloody everywhere, but, like, all you were cared about is, like, yo, I still got the bread on me. Like, <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, like are yeah. you okay? He's like, yeah, I don't fucking care. I got the money. Like, I remember, so, let's like, go get blues. there was probably, like, four people that would text me my address yeah. because I had fucked them over, and they were just going to tell me they were going to kill me, and... um. <laughs> The one person I thought who wouldn't do anything was the one who ended up getting me. Damn. And I remember, so his other friend didn't like me because I had robbed his other friend once. Mm -hmm. And he hit me up and he was like, yo, can you get me blues? And I'm like, at home, like, fuck you in my head. Like, but yeah. why the fuck would I get this kid blues? Like, yeah. this kid's a fucking clown, yeah. you know? You and your stupid friend that I robbed. <laughs> and he's like, I'll buy you one. And when he said, like, he didn't even try to be like, I'll buy you two, yeah. I'll throw you 50 bucks. He's like, I'll buy you one. That's all it took. And I was like, bro, meet me up outside. <laughs> and I remember I leave my parents' house and I hop in the back of this black truck and I sit, bitch. 
and there's like these two big ass kids in the back and two big kids in the front and i was probably 17 or 16 yeah i could tell these people were like in their 20s so there's four people in the car four people and in the you car, and me and, and they're sitting, all against you yeah and i'm sitting bitch in the, in the back seat god damn and uh i could instantly tell that they weren't drug addicts they're like way too big to be Just, on yeah, drugs like they regular. weren't like strung out like all oh, these like regular people yeah. and i remember the kid who was on the phone wasn't in the car and i was like where's so-and-so and they're like don't worry it's for us Fuck. and instantly knew like i'm getting fucking yeah. the shit kicked out of me something's gonna happen and like if you ever watch like the movie bully i remember thinking like they're gonna kill me like yeah. oh, they're gonna accidentally kill me yeah, you know what i mean they're go a little too far <laughs> a little too far <laughs> and i remember like i always had my money in my sock like as a drug addict i just yeah. never kept my money in my pocket or whatever and i remember we were supposed to go towards 441 to go cop and we're going to use my connect and they're like nah don't worry we got to pick up the money first yeah and i remember thinking like fuck yeah and we started driving out west and then we just keep driving yeah. where griffin road like totally ends yeah there's like not a house for like a while and then we pull up to this little shitty house and it's like in the middle of nowhere pretty much in the everglades and we get out and they pretend to knock on the door but like clearly like no one even lives at this yeah. like little shithole barn and then the kid who I had robbed pulls up behind us, blocks the driveway, and I could tell it's his like uh, Chevy Impala. Yeah. And he gets out of the car, and I remember it's like probably six people there now. And he pulls off his hoodie and he just looks me in the face and just starts sticking me in the face, Fuck. and they all just start kicking me and beating the shit out of me. And um, I remember just screaming, "I'm only 15." But I was like 17. I don't know screaming. Like, I remember like the only thing I could think of was like, I'm only 15. I yeah. just started screaming. I'm only 15. Because yeah. a lot of times when I would fucking rob somebody or like do someone dirty or whatever, mm -hmm. they would learn that I was 15 and they'd be like, well, like I'm not going to kill a little kid, yeah. you know? And a lot of times p people thought I was 19 or 20 or 22 even. Yeah. So I remember they beat the fuck out of me and they weren't even trying to take my money. And I remember wondering like, why aren't but did they- they know you had money? They didn't even attempt to go through my pockets. I don't know. How much did you rob this dude of? Bro, it's like, now that I'm an adult, I'm like, that was nothing. It was like 250 bucks. Yeah. That's Maybe like three. a lot of three theatrics. So mm -hmm. like, okay, you're going to go pick him up. Hey, I need the two of you in the backseat mm -hmm. in the middle of him and just drive down Griffin. We're going to go to a abandoned house. Like, bro, for 250, like it's not that deep. I mean, I would be mad about it. You yeah, know? of course. I mean, I'd always be mad about 250, yeah. but like, I'll just go beat someone up. I don't need to like, Have let's go pick him up here, bring him around with my friends. It was friends. a pretty well orchestrated thing. Bro. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, it was, it was well, put together. It was, like, it was pretty plan. well put together, bro, especially for 250 bucks. And I remember he would text me nonstop, leave me voicemails. I'm going to kill you. Da, After? Da, da, da. All, for months. Yeah. Because this was like months later, Fuck. bro. And I remember I was just thinking like, bro, he's not going to do anything. There was a couple of people that I was kind of scared about, but yeah. I never thought he would do it. Bro, I remember they beat the fucking living piss out of me. And then I ended up like to scavenge away and they were like screaming at me. And I just started running down the road. Yeah. And I'm covered in blood. I got one shoe on and I have my money in my sock. And I remember I bang on this dude's door thinking he's going to like take me to like a hospital or something. <laughs> and I'm like, sir, I just got mugged. Like I need to use your phone. And he was like, get the fuck off my property. Like Holy just shit. old school, like Southwest Ranches that guy. That dude's in on it too. Yeah, bro. He <laughs> was definitely in on it. The whole city was whole planned out. Block. I went back after they left and I found my phone in the grass and I called. Um, they didn't even take your phone, huh? They didn't even take my phone, bro. bro. Like what bad, like, what a bad, like beat down. They didn't take shit. You know, your money, your phone. I think they're phone. just proven that they just wanted to beat they my ass. They could do it. I yeah. guess. I, I mean, I don't care. I'm still taking everything you got. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Uh, Jeremy came and picked me up and bro when I got into his back seat instinctively his first reaction was to take pictures of me he just pulled out his phone like the little camera phone and Why? just started because I was covered in blood he was like oh my god and he, he pulled out it. his phone and was like <laughs> damn and I remember him being like bro they got you so good like he was impressed with how much they beat the fuck out of me <laughs> And then um, I remember I had my money in my sock, but I had owed Jeremy money, so I didn't want to cop with him. Yeah. So I didn't tell him that I had money on me. And I was like, bro, just drop me off this gas station. Yeah. And then I hit you up, and you were just looking at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you again? And yeah. I remember like half my nose was to the side. I was like covered in blood. Yeah, I went was... to the gas station, like cleaned up a little bit. Yeah. And then we went and bought pills. 
Yeah, you had a hard time uh, getting them in your nose too. Like, <laughs> it was all fucked up. Man. I, I don't know what to do. Like, at me like, bro, you okay over there? I was just trying to snort them so hard up my nose. I know how bad you wanted them in your nose, but like it just wasn't getting there because of the blood and the fucking obstruction. Well, I remember uh, when I went home that night, I had a big lump on my head, and my mom was like, "Brian, what happened?" And I was like, "Oh, it's boxing with my friend." And my mom was like so concerned, yeah. and I just like went into my room. You're actually the last person I did blues with. And I remember um, when I had my intervention and like my parents were like, oh, you need to go somewhere and they're mm -hmm. going to send me to treatment. I remember looking out the window while being on drugs. You know, normally when you cop drugs, do them, the ride home is pretty enjoyable. Like yeah. we'll be listening to Little Wayne. Yeah. We were like obsessed with yeah, Little yeah. Wayne. We listened to like every single Little Wayne song oh, yeah. nonstop, the drought three. I think I got clean before the Shout out three. to Wayne. Shout out to Weezy F Baby. <laughs> Best rapper alive. <laughs> but um, I remember looking out the window and bro, I had just done like seven blues to the face and uh, didn't feel good, bro. Just like my life. ride home from? From the last time I copped. Oh, okay. When we would like use for the last time. You remember the last time you got high? On um, blues, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow. that's the last time I did blues. And it was with you. And I remember just looking out the window and it was like raining and I was just like, fuck. And I knew that I was going to go home and like my dad was going to have that talk with me yeah. where he's like, all right, dude, like, yeah, here we go again. The gig is up, bro. Yeah. Like fucking, we know you're fucking yeah. blown the fuck out on drugs again. Yeah. And I had an intervention. I went to detox and then I got clean. What did you think when I was like, when I first went to detox? Like, did you like anticipate me staying clean I at didn't all? really have a good... Uh concept of like what really happened in treatment or you know i don't know I, I was just a little i guess i don't really know you know i was like brian's going to jail. i always thought it was like a sentence like you're going to jail you're going to do your time and you're going to get out and you're still going to be mm -hmm. like fucking brian again you know yeah so when you went to treatment i was like oh that shit is crazy i just waited for you to get out and i was just telling you earlier like i'd saved you blues like as soon as you got out of treatment you came over and hung out with all of us and i was like here bro yeah, like, which I, is crazy because my parents let me go over there yeah you they know just let I mean? it ride yeah like I, I think it was like the day of you got the out day i yeah, got a treatment like, i was like yeah i'm gonna go hang out with my boys and my parents were like okay yeah have fun here are the keys like <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy because a lot of times bro i'm like man i couldn't stay clean and not that my parents were bad parents or anything but there's times my dad would catch me with drugs scream yell break furniture say i'm an idiot all this crazy shit yeah. and then he would cool off and then be like here's 40 bucks yeah. Go to the mall and here's buy some, some walking clothes. Around money. Yeah, here's some fucking <laughs> why don't you go buy some new clothes? You look like shit. Yeah. And I'd be like, okay. Then I would go buy drugs, not come home till like two in the morning. <laughs> without and then, clothes. Without clothes. <laughs> you know, say I lost the receipts or something. Yeah. And then my dad would be like, What the fuck? And then he would yell at me even more and then be like, I can't deal with you. And it's like, bro, no shit, I was gonna yeah. get high. I think they felt bad telling me I couldn't go somewhere because they thought that I was going to get high. Yeah. Because every time they accused me of getting high, I would flip out. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I'd be like, what do you mean I'm going to get high? I'll fucking fuck. I might as well just get high. Yeah. You know, they, what it seems like is maybe they weren't so like on top of you right when you got out. And that, I think that might have helped. I think sometimes when you get out of treatment and you're all over your kids, people, ass. yeah, you're yeah. on someone's ass, whether it's your significant other, your parent, whatever it is. Like it comes down on them. And it's kind of like when I was talking about it's when like I was a kid, pressure. like you want to buck, you know, mm -hmm. like you want to do the opposite of that shit. If someone's telling me something and I'm not thinking clearly, I'm going to do the opposite, mm -hmm. you know? So I think there's definitely something to that. Yeah. Like I knew I wasn't getting high. And even though hanging out with my stupid fucking drug using friends the yeah. same fucking day was like the worst decision anyone could make the day they get a treatment. And yeah. the chances of staying clean through that are like 1%. Razor sharp. Yeah, yeah, razor sharp. <laughs> Super sharp. Like, like I would never suggest that to anybody, but I had no one else to hang out with. I didn't have anyone else to hang out with, but I have no friends. Yeah, I mean, you were honestly like the first person that I knew that went to treatment and stayed clean. Like, I mean, one of like our peers, like of yeah. the kids you know the kids we grew up with. kids we grew up with and then you know everyone started to fall into treatment and it became more normalized so what a lot of people don't realize is that when i tell them that i got clean young they feel real bad for me like oh that's so sad who got you into that stuff but i was like no yeah. like everybody hated me you know yeah well you had a real uh, special personality when you were younger like if you weren't like super close with you you were trying to get one over on somebody you know what i mean and that's how we operated so i remember one, one of my memories with you is uh, i remember being in the car and we were going to jimmy's house and we had just got drugs or whatever and jimmy was like my childhood friend and he was like wait who's jimmy niffin 
Oh, Jimmy Niffin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember. So Jimmy had called Jimmy Niffin. Shout out. So I remember he called you and he, and he was like, "Hey, we're having people over, whatever." Like, "Oh, true, whatever." And you got off the phone with him and you're like, "Yo, I'm going to Jimmy's house. Where do you want me to drop you off at?" And I was like, "What do you mean? I'm coming." And he's like, "No, bro. He told me not to bring you." And I was like, "He would never say that, bro." Like I my, said that to you. Yeah. And then because he was having a party, he was having a party. Uh, and he didn't this. want I was me just there. Bring this up. Yeah, he like didn't want me there. And um, I remember you were like, yeah, bro, I'm going to drop you off. And I was like, why? He's like, Jimmy doesn't want you there. And I couldn't believe it. And I was like, bro, call him back. And I remember on speakerphone, <laughs> you called him and you're like, yo, you don't want Brian to come, right? And he was like, no, he can't come here. And I remember yeah. being like, okay, bro, I'll just sit by myself outside at the park. Damn, you know, that's crazy. Yeah, he would have awesome I think parties. It's, I never, I'm not a party person. I never really went to, I didn't even know a party was really happening. I thought it was just a couple people hanging out at his mm-hmm. house and we're going to take mushrooms. Was it mushrooms or acid? It was one of them. And we're all chilling. And I think Ryan was there too. Mm-hmm. And then everyone started coming in for the party. And then I remember I just wanted it to be over. And I was like, I got to get blues. Like I got blues and I got upstairs and I was trying to like crush them down to do them. And I couldn't figure out like how to get the powder into my nose. I was just staring at it. I eventually got it. But there was times where Jimmy tried to get me off drugs with acid. And I did acid for like two months. Did you? And You're microdosing um, before it was cool. Microdosing before it was cool. That was like real dosing <laughs> yeah. every day. Bro. I remember I used to be on it at school and uh, Santiago would be looking at me and he's like, are you okay? I'm like, nah, I just like four tabs like in first period. And yeah. he used to be like, didn't you do that yesterday? And yeah. I'd be like, yeah, bro. I've yeah, been I doing, did that yesterday. Yeah, I did that yesterday. I was like, bro, I've been on it for like fucking two months nonstop. Yeah. And he's like, how do you even eat food on it? I was like, I don't know, bro. I don't have a problem eating food. And he's like, what? And I remember him thinking, like, did you stop all the other drugs? And I was like, no, I just do that on top of this. Yeah. Yeah, nothing was really stopping me, bro. Like, crack and opiates, you know, I wanted to take them to the church and marry them, bro. I was just obsessed and yeah. didn't think I was going to get off them. And then we would do liquid oxys and methadone and suboxone and, like, all these other, like, maintenance drugs when we didn't have any and shit. We were doing suboxone then? Uh, Subutex. Subutex. I would because Jeremy had a script for them and uh, he would okay. break me off. I don't remember if I got involved in that then. I know I was prescribed Suboxone for like three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's get back to like when I come out of treatment, we go hang out and I don't do blues. Yeah. So you come over to the house. Like we're all super excited that you're there. It's like a coming home from jail party yeah. almost. You know, we're all chilling. Like I think music's <laughs> playing. Like, And then I was like, oh, like, Harry, it's good you're back. Like, you know, here's a couple blues for you. I get you started off. And you're like, nah, bro. Like, it's all good. And I was like, oh. What do you mean you're all good? Hell froze over. Bro, like, I just don't want to get high. And I thought you were fucking with me. Because, like, you always kind of talk with, like, a little bit of a smile. And so, like, I was like, dude, is he fucking with me? I just keep trying. And so, I I tried for, like, 15, 20 minutes, maybe the rest of the night. And you're just, like, stayed solid. You're like, nah, I'm not doing that shit. Like, I'm good. Like, I feel fine. Yeah. And that was it. And I remember just, that was a lot to digest, bro. Because, like, you were so all about getting after it, Mm -hmm. you know? And then you're just like, nah, like. Yeah, bro. I get Shit, like that. I mean, uh, even with other things, like I'm either all in or all out. And I remember when I got out of detox, I was like, bro, I pay $30 to feel like this. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, I didn't feel good. Yeah. But I didn't need it to survive that much. I couldn't sleep for like three or four months. Yeah. I didn't take trazodone. I didn't take any night medicine. I couldn't mm-hmm. sleep. My hardest time was I wanted to do blue so I could sleep. I thought I was going to die because I wasn't sleeping at all. Right. But I didn't really have a desire to do blues because I was just thinking about how bad the withdrawals were. And that can keep someone clean for a while. And I remember just being like, nah, bro, I'm just going to see how long I could go. Yeah. And then I started going to meetings. And I remember trying to get everybody to go to meetings. And I thought, <laughs> I, I thought meetings were so cool. And I would try to get you and I Ryan know, and You're Chris like, to go. Yeah, just try to come to these. Like, no, nobody out, thought like, it was cool. Nobody was weird like, ass place. We were like, bro, no one's trying to hang out with these old fucking drug addict weirdos. Yeah, it was really strange. Like I said, that was like the first real time I was like a friend had gone to treatment and then like stayed clean mm-hmm. and like was doing it and like going to NA and then like you started making new friends. You had like your NA friends and then I'd go to detox and then I'd come back out and then you would stay clean, but you'd always try to get me to come in. You're mm-hmm. like, yo, bro, like, please stay clean. You know, like even yeah. before and you, you would even come around a little bit. Yeah, I'll come around for a while. 
But I remember this one time I was at your house and I don't know how long clean you had. Dude, I might've still been getting high. I don't even think I was clean. Mm -hmm. I get to your house and um, you're like, bro, like, please just stay clean. Like we can hang out. We could still be friendly. We just stay clean. And uh, you're like, here, here, I got some shirts for you. Like you started like <laughs> picking out like these tight ass, like ice cream shirts. Yeah. And you just, you're like, you blessed me with some shit. You're like, bro, wear these and like, you'll feel better. Like, and you'll stay clean. <laughs> Didn't work out. Didn't work, but... I remember um, the last time I had to like put a boundary between us because I was just like, bro, I keep trying to get this yeah. person clean. And people don't realize how hard it is to get clean. And like you have friends that are using yeah. that you don't want to cut off. Yeah. Like, bro, when my sponsor or people in meetings were like, oh, you got to cut all your friends off. I used to be like, all right, bro. Well, like I have like, a, I don't have a lot of friends, bro, but I have one friend yeah. that was there for me mm -hmm. when I got fucking jumped and left at a fucking gas station yeah. covered in blood. And he fucking fronted me fucking pills when I didn't yeah. have shit, which seems like a joke. Yeah. But like, bro, I was like, bro, I'll take a bullet for that motherfucker. Yeah. He gave me a fucking quarter of an Oxy-80 when I was sick yeah. multiple times. Yeah. Picked me up when I was stranded hundreds of times. You know, like took me to the pawn shop. Yeah. Bro, he took me all over the place, <laughs> you know. So I'm just like, bro, I'm not going to turn my back on my friend. Yeah. And it was so difficult, like. And like as much times I would tell you that I'm clean, you would still be like, oh, bro, I got blues. Like, are you fucking serious? Yeah. Like, I, I remember you being though. like, oh, bro, I just got fucking 100 for seven each. And I used to be like, yeah, bro, it sounds great, but I'm not trying to do blues yeah, anymore. Yeah, I mean, looking back on it now, like, I mean, back then I didn't really think about it too much. But I mean, like, I really tested the limits of like, I guess what you could deal with. And like, you were able to deal with it all. I mean, I remember one time we were chilling in the car and um, you were clean and... I was like, yo, like you figured it out that I had somehow got you in the car and we we're going to. So this is what happened. I remember what yeah. happened because I think about it all the time. So even though I was clean like five, six months, I didn't want to give you the phone number to the guy who had. Yeah. I think he had subs or something. Yeah. So I still wanted the connect because yeah. in my mind, I was like, well, what if I do use and yeah. then I give someone my connect? And like, here we are saying we're such good friends, but yeah. I don't want to give you my no, connect. I'm to blow out my connect. <laughs> yeah, I want you to fucking Derek for real my ass. Yeah. And um, I remember just being like, I don't want to give you the number. And we were in the car and I'm like, well, come pick me up and we'll go. And in my mind, I think we were getting Suboxone at the time. And when you asked me if I knew anybody who had anything, I was like, nah. And then when you said I'm hurting... And I remember being like, damn, bro, like, that's what we used to call it. Like, I'm hurting, yeah. you know, like, I'm dope sick. Yeah. And when I read that, I was like, fuck, bro, how many times was I dope yeah. sick? And Carrie fucking came through for my ass. You're a good friend. So I was like, fuck, bro, like, come pick me up. And then here we are. I have six months clean. I'm in the same car with the same kid I did blues <laughs> with. And we're going to go not get drugs, but we're getting subs. Yeah. And I remember you're like, yo, your boy's taking too long. I'm just going to go cop. Yeah. And I was oh, yeah, like, okay, that's a half hour. No, take me home. Yeah. And you're like, bro, you're not going to die if you fucking see a Roxy. I'm like, bro, I don't want to be near that shit. Yeah. And you're like, I'm going. Because you had started to wisen up at this point. Because mm -hmm. when you first got out, you're like, ah, I'll be around it. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, but you got a little later in the game. You're like, bro, I don't want to be around it. Like, yeah. I don't want to see it. Yeah. I, I got to a point where I was like, bro, I'm doing all this stuff at meetings. I'm like hardcore into recovery. I'm not trying to hang out with someone who's like snorting pills right yeah. next to me, you know? Yeah. I remember we were going to go cop and bro, I'm having flashbacks. I'm like, bro, I'm in the same car with the same kid about to meet the same drug dealer for the same drugs yeah. on the same road on 441. Yeah. And I'm just like, fuck. Like, this is how it happens. People say, oh, I don't know how I relapse. I'm like, this is how. This fucking, is exactly this how. This is exactly how. Like, how did you even get in the car? This is how. Fucking being a dumbass. <laughs> and I remember just begging you, like, to take me home. And you were just, like, not having it. <laughs> and thank God. So I had robbed the drug dealer. So you had to drop me off, which is standard procedure for mm -hmm. us, where you just have to drop yeah. me off because the drug dealer just, wants to kill me. Yeah, you just can't be around him. <laughs> <laughs> so I remember you dropped me off, and I had his number saved. And I call him and I was like, bro, if you're going to serve up Carrie, uh, he's a narc. He's narking on everybody. He's and he was fence. like, for real? He's like, I was like, yeah, bro. Like, I know I owe you money. I did you dirty. He's like, all right, true word. And then you like came back and you're like, what did you do? <laughs> I was like, don't worry about it. You were just screaming at me, bro. I felt so bad. I, like fucked yeah. up your eye. But I was like, bro, I'm not playing, bro. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not playing these games, bro. Yeah. That was like the moment where like we didn't talk for like two years. 
Oh, is that it? Mm-hmm. I got shitty with you, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, I, at the same time, I could understand why you were mad. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like... Well, I mean, look, it was going to have to happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was always going to be a time where it was like, I was going to keep getting high and you were going to stay clean and like we can't just keep staying friends. You yeah. know, there was going to be that one defining moment and that was it. And it was it hard was for me, like, bro, because like when you get clean, you see your friends use. It's not like, oh, they're having fun anymore. It's yeah. like, damn, bro, like he's getting kicked it's out of really his house. Sad. Your mom's calling me. Yeah. And I'm like, what the fuck, bro? Yeah. Your mom used to hate me. You yeah. know what I mean? Like your, Seriously. your family hated me. I know, everyone's like, oh, why don't you can't be like Brian? You stay clean. <laughs> yeah, your mom started calling me. I was like, I don't fucking know yeah. why I stayed clean. Just, you know, I tried talking to him. Yeah. So what happened over like the course of those years of like in and out? Like, because a lot of times I like to think that like my drug use was like pretty explicit for that age. I don't yeah. think there was another 17 year old on the planet that used the way that I did. Yeah. No. Nah. I know that you got progressively worse after that. Yeah. I mean, things picked up. I mean, uh, I stayed doing Roxy's for a while and then we, you know, Roxy's became too expensive. So we switched to Dilaudid. Dilaudid's were all right, but I just didn't like them as much as Roxy's. Like mm-hmm. they hit really hard, but then they just kind of. Fizzled out. Fizzled out. But um, so I did that and then I got on Suboxone for a while. And then, you know, I kind of forget this little time period, but I've been to treatment like 15 times and mm-hmm. I didn't complete. I've completed maybe two or three of wow, them. Wow, really? You were just yeah. bounced? Well, you were in Florida too, right? Yeah. So all the ones in, yeah, I went all the ones in Florida that um, I'd always get kicked out after like a week or two. I'd always bring pills in with me or I'd have like one of my friends, you know, throw Drop a tennis off, ball yeah. with some blues in it. Yo, one time I went to go meet Chris. I remember le- like leaving treatment while I was in there and just running to like the little corner store, booking it. And I had so much adrenaline. I got the blues. I got back. I was able to do them in treatment. And I gave them to one of my roommates and he got too high. And then he was, they were just like, are you high? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, who gave him to? And he's like, it was that kid. Wow. So I got kicked out. But yeah, I went to treatment in Minnesota as well. I went to Hazelden. Um, oh yeah, I remember Yeah, that. it was a really nice program. Did you go there, there twice? I went to like a Hazelden youth facility and then I was like kind of a problem over there because I was trying to smoke cigarettes and you weren't allowed to smoke cigarettes because there was like young kids there too, you know, like teens or some shit. One of the first? Yeah. 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 I think it might've been like the third. I went to like two detox. I went to High Point a couple of times and my parents were like, bro, you got to get out of here. So uh, yeah, I did that. Uh, I was up there for like five, six months and then I came back down here on Christmas. So when you would go to treatment, were you like wanting to stay clean? Nah, did never. you like never, nah, right? No, never, Your not one time. Family was just like, that's nah, so I mean, crazy. Yeah, like maybe like the last time I went to treatment. Did like, you think you were not an addict or you just didn't give a fuck and was just like, I'm just using, who cares? I mean, I for sure knew I was an addict. Like that's silly, but I liked the activity of it. Look, it's an addictive drug, so it, you're going to get addicted to it. But I think I also liked the activity part of it where you're never bored. You wake mm-hmm. up and as soon as you wake up, you're like, all right, how am I going to get money? Like, who am I going to have to like steal from or whatever it is? Yeah, it's 24-7. It's all the time. Like all... people are blowing you the, up. You're you gotta... blowing other people up, bro. Like, you're you're like the center of attention. Yeah, it's crazy. And then when you get clean, all that shit stops. And then, so I'll be sitting at home and this is like before like Netflix and shit and there wasn't anything to watch on TV. I was bored. I didn't really have anyone to hang out with. Yeah, boredom is like the main thing where like, You go from like being in car chases, pulling guns on people, drug dealers telling you they're going to kill you, running around Broward County like a fucking crazy person. Like the Joker. Yes. (laughs) Like the Joker (laughs) of Broward County. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Fucking pawning everything you can. And like, bro, when you're dope sick and you come up on $30, it is like you won the lottery. The adrenaline is like, what the fuck? Like, it is such a fucking high and low because being dope sick is like the worst feeling on the planet. And you literally find ten dollars you're like fuck yeah Yeah. like it it is such an extreme high yeah back and forth even before the drugs hit you like the money touches your hand and you're just like oh you're like i was just talking about this shit with somebody like uh uh, we're talking about this phenomenon that happens when you're dope sick as fuck you're throwing up you have diarrhea you got the chills you're Mm -hmm. sweating and then you get the call like yo you can slide now and then all that shit just goes away. You're just like, all right, yeah. let's go. You get in the car, I'll be fucking singing in you're the happy. car, rapping, yeah. bro. Yeah, you're like in the I'm best like, ah, like the It's already hit. Yeah. yeah, It's crazy. Mm-hmm. Without the drugs in your system, just knowing, just making knowing the decision that, yeah. that you're going to get high, you just like instantly are in a good mood. It's- and that's how powerful like the brain is. Yeah. You know, like you can make yourself sick. You can make yourself feel better. Mm-hmm. You can cure With your boredom. Like if yeah. you understand boredom, you just get better at adapting and mm-hmm. you're like, all right, I can fill my time doing this. I remember when like it hit me one day because I was just so bored all the time. But I had like no friends, 
Like, I would try to hang out with people that weren't addicts and yeah. just feel like fucking uh, Edward Scissors when he <laughs> drives into that fucking yeah. town for the first time. I would just feel like such a freak. They'd be yeah. talking about, like, sports and, like, what they did this weekend. And, like, if they're going to go to the bowling alley, I'd yeah. be like, oh, well, did you hear Roxy's are $12 now? <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, man, it's real crazy. <laughs> you know, like, I just had nothing to yeah. say to them. And then one day I was like... uh it's not boredom. It's just uh, no one's trying to kill me. You know, like it's not yeah. boredom. It's just like nothing yeah. bad is going nothing on. Nothing bad's happening. Like yeah. I don't have a court date. I'm not trying to hide piss under my leg to go to the probation officer. Yeah. You know, so I'm just like, uh, this is just peace, right? Like this is just normal. This is just cruising. Yeah. And if you don't know how to deal with that, it can be frustrating mm -hmm. and destructive, Yeah, you know? Yeah, because you get addicted to the chaos. Yeah. Yeah, bro. When I would get clean and sit down at a family dinner and mush my food around yeah. and just look at my family like they were fucking actors, I would look at my family like I didn't even know who the fuck they were. Yeah. And getting clean and they'd be like, you okay now? And you're just like, just wanting to fucking take yeah. a blast of crack or fucking do something crazy. Yeah, well, you didn't. And that's like, I just mm -hmm. couldn't like wait on for it like a little longer for it to be like, so I better. feel better, you know, like, but I wasn't ready then. You know what I mean? Like I did stay clean. I think before I stayed clean this last time, I think the longest I stayed clean was like eight months. I went to Hazelden for four or five months. I came mm -hmm. home in November and then I think I got high on New Year's Eve. And it just started again, you know, I just stay clean for a little bit. And I just, you know, that little thing comes out where it's like, yo, let's fucking act out. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so I mean, things progressed a little bit. You know, I did, I did heroin for a little bit, but this is when heroin started to get, started getting a little sketchy. It, it was mixed with shit and it was cut. And then this is a lot of people were dying then too. There was a lot of overdoses. Yeah, this is, uh, right before heroin went from being real safe to not so safe anymore. You know, while I was down here in Fort Lauderdale, I got brought up to uh, Jensen Beach, Florida, and I got dropped off at a treatment center up there. And so I was up there for a little bit. I stayed clean after I got out of that treatment center for a little bit, and then I got high again, and then I went to detox, and then I just stayed clean. But while I was there getting high, I was getting high with this kid um, in a hotel room, and he was like, yo, I got good H, like, let's go get some. And so we went and got it. We went back to this hotel room, and he shot up, and then he just completely fell out. Like, I thought he was just having a good time. He was chilling. And I was doing my thing and he wasn't responding and like, yo, like he wasn't breathing and I didn't know what to do. Like I was scared. Like there was needles and heroin in this room and this kid's not breathing and I'm high as fuck. So first thing I did was I checked his pulse and shit and he had like a very faint pulse, but he was completely unresponsive. I was slapping him in the face and shit. He wasn't waking up. I called my friend and they were like, bro, you got to call 911. Like this dude is not well. So I called 911. I checked him for drugs, but I didn't know where the fuck he put his drugs because I was like, yo, if they're coming here, like I got to take them off for myself. Mm -hmm. right? So uh, they came and uh, took him away. That dude was in a coma for like wow. six months after that. And I always felt so bad because I always feel like I waited so long mm -hmm. to call. You know, I don't know how long it actually was because, you know, when things are crazy, you mm -hmm. don't really can't really tell time. But uh, he actually contacted me not so long ago and was just super grateful that I even called the police and didn't leave. And a lot of bro, and a lot I was of like, bro, like, happens. thank you so much. Like, I've been weighing down. Like, I didn't know really even wow, what you haven't happened talked to him. him since then? Nah, like, I, th wow. I he could have died. I heard he was in a coma afterwards, but I didn't hear anything from him so after. So you didn't that. know if he had died after or something? Yeah, I didn't know if he died or death wouldn't even be like, I, that, would, that would be a terrible thing that happened. But what would be even worse if he, he had you. like brain trauma and he yeah. was a vegetable gotcha. and couldn't do shit. But uh, it was good to hear that he's happy and well. Uh, shout out to Chris. But yeah, that's the, nothing really crit, nothing extra. But people do leave a lot. So like I have a friend and yeah. uh, his little sister was trying to get clean and um, fucking she was getting high in some trap house, whatever, bro. And bro, they put her in the bathtub and they just left. Yeah. And no one found her for like five, six <clears throat> days. Yeah. I mean, people have bounced on me too. Like I'll be wow. somewhere and like I'll just like nod out or something and then I'll wake up and like people are gone. Wow. Like, I think it definitely helps like growing up with like a good family. Like I had good family values, mm -hmm. but I also like to shoot drugs, yeah. you know, so I still like care about people. That's why like I care about our friends. I care about my friends. I care about my family, but I also like to, you know, steal shit and get high. Mm-hmm. So what was it like those years of in and out where like you started to see the change of like, fuck, maybe I need to get clean. And like, what did you think like seeing me? Because you would like see me stay clean the whole time. And I would always be like, dude, you just, yeah, you go from over there. You just wander over here. You just do yeah. what I do. And like, I would just constantly try to like 
it's when you're clean it's like so obvious to yeah. you i'm like bro just don't do drugs and go do what i do yeah yeah i mean uh it was interesting because you know like after we i think we just talked about you uh we stopped talking for a little while and then we would we would talk every once in a while and every time i talk to you you're always doing really well you're always doing er, making progression you know you're progressing in life you got a job or you're making money doing this you're acquiring these things and you got all this stuff going on and i always thought like, bro, this is awesome. Like I could just do the same thing Brian's doing or, you know, the, on my own course, but move forward like an adult. But things just started to keep getting worse. And, um, you know, I kept going in and out of halfway houses. And at this point, like my family had stopped. They were just like, we can't talk to you anymore. Like until you get clean for a while, like we're done. Like, so my family stopped talking to me. How old were you at this point? Uh... I mean, I was a little bit older now. This is because we're, we're getting kind of near the end. Mm -hmm. So I think I might've been like 23, 24, something like that. They didn't want nothing to do with me. So they were no longer helping me with anything. And uh, so I was just like rolling around and I had like a trash bag of clothes. I had a couple trash bags of clothes, but every time I go somewhere, people steal shit. You know, I steal shit. Someone will steal some of my shit. I'll leave some shit behind. Near the end, it was just one trash bag of clothes and I had no possessions. And I was like, fuck, like, this is crazy. I don't have anything to show for my whole life. Like mm -hmm. I've, I've, I've acquired nothing. Everything I have acquired is gone now. My family doesn't want anything to do with me. So that's when I kind of first started my, okay, like I need to get clean. And it still took a couple other treatment centers after that, maybe two. That's where like the shift change came. Did you go to treatment again? Yeah, I went to treatment. I felt pretty good. And then I got out and I got high, but like, I, I, I wanted to stay clean. It was just hard for me to stay clean at that point. You know, up until that point, I didn't want to get clean. I was always getting high in treatment centers. So yeah, I just kept trucking along. And then I went to treatment in Jensen beach. Yeah. I stayed clean for a year. I got a job at like this call center or something and I got paid. And that's when I met that the kid I got, did heroin with, and he went into a coma. So, and then after that, I went to treatment one more time and then I just stayed and clean. Been clean since yeah. Then. How, uh, pivotal was it for you to go to a treatment center away from Broward? Because I know for a long time, I'd yeah. be like, yo, you want to come back to Broward? You're like, nah, bro, I'm not going back to Broward. I need to get out of there. I think it definitely helps a lot. I don't think it's the only factor because like, you know, I went to treatment in Minnesota mm -hmm. and I came back and I got high as well. And I think it definitely helps, but mindset is, is everything. You know, like I, I knew I wanted to stay clean. I knew that what the things that I wanted to do, the things that I wanted to, to get I couldn't be getting high. Mm -hmm. I think I was about to tell you earlier, I remember there was this time where I was sitting in uh, Ole Ole with my family and I was high. And I remember just like a random guy and girl, like they were on a date, they walked in and I was like, damn, like, and he's just going out to eat at a restaurant. And mm -hmm. that just seems so far fetched to me. Cause at this time, like, you know, I wasn't really talking to that many girls and uh, all I was thinking about was just blues all the time. And I couldn't even get a girl to go to Ole Ole with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that seems silly, but it's, you know, that was kind of like my marker of like, that dude's doing okay, mm -hmm. you know, and it was a small scale, but. I remember when I would see people at work at uh, like a coffee shop and mm -hmm. I remember like it would be early in the morning and they're just filled of energy. And I used to be like, damn, bro, like I'm only filled of energy when I do blues, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah. imagine being a normal person where you can go work at fucking Starbucks and it's fucking you know, eight in the morning. Yeah. And you're just like, hey, how's it going? Yeah, you're, you're just welcome. like you're just in like, a good mood. You're just like gassed. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> fuck. Yeah. You know, because I, I remember I used to just, I used to also be like, wow, like that could never be me. Like, could you, because yeah. when you get clean, um, one, your body's not producing serotonin, you know, yeah. you're clinically depressed. You know, you have like serious, yeah. serious issues with just your brain in uh, a physical aspect. Mm -hmm. Your whole spirit's broken. You know, you feel like there's no hope for the future. So it's like, even after a couple months clean, you're nowhere near that Starbucks lady. Yeah. And it feels like it's never going to happen. Like you're just going to be this fucking zombie yeah. person waiting to fucking get high one day. Yeah. Well, the other part of that is, look, some people are just not morning people. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know if I'm still like that. You know, I still wake up sometimes and those Starbucks and Dunkin' Donuts people are, you know, they're on point. And I'm just like, bro, like, you know. Tone it down. Yeah. Like chill out. You know, the other th they also might be on Adderall. Who yeah, knows? exactly. Yeah. But um, so what was it like, like after that? And how did you get like your relationship back with your family? Because I know your family, 
um you know out of all like my childhood friends that were on drugs like mm. i could say that you're one of them that had like a super solid family yeah. like dude your dad is just like the nicest your mom is always calling me yeah i mean they were real patient with me um but like i said they cut me off for a while and um it took some time to sort of repair that relationship because they would let me come and stay there periodically. Like if I got kicked out of somewhere, I can come stay there for a little bit until I fucked up and they made me leave. You know, I've taken money and jewelry, like irreplaceable jewelry from my grandfather who passed away that gave to my mom, like pawned that, never got it out, like that I feel terrible for. And so I feel a lot of guilt for that. But it just took time. You know, my family loves me and I love them. So it didn't take long to see that, you know, I was being genuine with what I'm doing and the things that I said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I remember even for a while, like your sister hated me, you know, like she yeah. was just like, oh. Well, every, yeah, they all wanted to, they all, of course, they all wanted to think that it's not my fault. It's everyone else's mm -hmm. fault. The people I'm surrounding myself with, you or Ryan and fuck Amanda, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like it was always somebody else's fault. But like in reality, it's like, I don't know, a lot of the times it was me in charge of like, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Not with me and you, but like mm -hmm. just in general, like I was the ringleader, like I was the... I was like, yo, let's go do some fraud, mm -hmm. you know? Amen. So I guess uh, what have like the last couple of years been like being clean and um, how do you feel now today? Um, I definitely feel better than I did when I was getting high. I feel good. Uh, it feels good to just like walk around town and not be high. You know, people, I don't know. I, I feel like there's like a different level of I guess, respect that I have for myself, that I carry myself in a different way. So I'm treated differently. I'm polite. I don't know. I just feel good. I feel good in public most mm -hmm. of the time. And, uh, cause I know like, uh, you know, just looking at, I mean, I guess for a lot of people, like some people just don't look like addicts, you know? Yeah. Well, that's why I was able to get away with so much like stealing stuff. Cause I could put on like a dress shirt and I don't look like the typical, like drug addict or like mm -hmm. i'm gonna rob your business or something like so like <laughs> you know like it would just yeah i mean you definitely can pull off like the innocent that's why i don't even really i, I honestly don't really talk about like my past too much with people mm -hmm. uh just because i don't think it's important to really who i am right now i just feel like i'm so different from that person and mm -hmm. obviously there were stairs to get to that this person but um yeah i just don't really talk about it too much absolutely no i know and, and not everyone's like that like you got people that you know they can't shut up about it yeah and then you have some people that just live their life they know that it's something that they've been through and like if you really talk to them they might but like you you have no idea what someone's been through which is yeah why i've always liked recovery because you would go there and you'd look at someone and never think that you'd have anything in common with yeah them. it's like a melting pot of yeah. just uh crazy stories and mm -hmm. cool Remember that time I pooped myself in your car? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate anything else you want to talk about? Uh, nah. All right, cool. I appreciate you, bro. All right, man. I appreciate and you I having me. You. Thank you so much. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 888-699-9395 to speak to a specialist. The show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.